most people like are waiting to be great and it's just not coming. Oh God, wouldn't it be so much easier if we just waited and then there was like a date, you know, it's like taking a ticket at the, you know, at the store, like your number's being called. Whee! Now you're going to be great. <laughs> oh my God. You're going to be so in love with exercising. It's like totally going to just wash over you. Yeah. That patience was great that you had. That's all you needed. Oh my God. No. You are never going to be jealous of the girl eating the chips with guacamole ever. <laughs> I love chips with guacamole. (laughs) Who doesn't? This is your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 255 with guest Lauren Zander. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host. The girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad that you are here. I'm recording this on a Monday morning, and I'm going to tell you something. I am tired this morning because I went out last night. Jason and I went out last night, which that sounds so much bigger than it really. We were home by 9.15. Let me just start there. We were home by 9.15 and we went to the Woods of Terror, which is like this haunted house place out here in Greensboro, North Carolina. I haven't been to one of these things in a while. I actually went to Not Scary Farm a couple of years ago. Have y'all been there? In uh, somewhere in California. I don't even remember. I'm with my sister. <laughs> couple of years ago. I think it's somewhere like in the Los Angeles area. But anyway, I went to that and that was, that was pretty spooky, but these types of places, you know, it's, it's out in the woods and it was fun. It was fun to go out with grownups and just spend some quality adult time. And it was really fun. But the thing is, is like my stamina for that. I mean, we weren't even partying. We were just out with lots of conversation and lots of excitement. And I think it was the buildup and the adrenaline and it was kind of spooky. And that wore me the hell out, I swear. And I had a little bit of a hard time coming down. Oh my gosh, it was funny. It just, it reminds me a little bit to that. Like I feel, y'all, I mean, and anyone who's my age or even older, but like I don't feel my age. I feel 25, 26 maybe, And so I feel like I get a little ahead of myself. Like there was this one point at the thing where we had these 3D glasses on and we we had to walk along this, it was like a metal bridge type of thing. And um, it was like a tunnel and there was like lights all around and I had the 3D glasses on and I'm walking through it and it's like music and I'm like, woo, it's like a rave. And I'm like, I decided it was a good idea to start dancing and jumping up and down. And then the room started to spin. And I swear the room was spinning and then, um, I started falling towards the right and then took my 3d glasses off. Cause I was like, well, surely it's because I have these 3d glasses on. And then I noticed my friends in front of me were also stumbling towards the right. And then I almost fell into the wall. The 3d, taking the 3d glasses off did not help. So that was embarrassing. And then To make matters worse, a couple of the people there, so the cast members, you know, all the spooky people, they were younger. They were probably, gosh, some of them might even have been late teens. Definitely all of them were, I would say, 25 and under. Two of them 
called us senior citizens. I think one of them might have said like, you know, the grandparents are here. I'm I'm hoping that this was like an ongoing joke that they had just to kind of mess with the patrons there. But I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Technically, I'm old enough to be your parent, but I am not old enough to be your grandparent. Somebody else's grandparent, I guess. Anyway, so it was super fun. I'm a little tired, but it was nice getting to hang out with... Um, you know, we went with two other couples and, and just, you know, it just, it made me realize how much I have to be intentional. I mean, I know this logically, which I hope you do too, but we have to be intentional about our friendships and our relationships in general. But I think especially our friendships with women, we have to be intentional about them. You know, one of the women pulled me aside and she's like, thanks so much for inviting me. And I still kind of feel like I'm new here to the area. And, and I'm like, of course, you know, and it's just, it just was a reminder. And so speaking of, there are spots open for my May Daring Way retreat. And as you all know, it's like, you know, it's based in shame resilience. That's what the Daring Way work is. For those of you that don't know, I'm certified in the work and research of Dr. Brene Brown. And this is what the Daring Way is. But kind of on a more specific level, what does that even mean? So that means that I can move through shame when I'm in it. Yes. And it's so much more than that. At the, at the kind of the bottom line of it is better relationships, more confidence in everything that you do, because we lack confidence in areas where we feel like we have to be vulnerable. That's in relationships, that's at work, that's trying new things, that's parenting. And also it's just an all around feeling of more happiness because you are honoring your values. That's what the Daring Way work is based on. That's where we start with values. If you read my second book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, you know how I was emphasizing values. It was the last chapter. I really struggled with having it be the last chapter, y'all, because I know how much people don't finish self-help books. (laughs) So if you haven't finished it, please at least just jump ahead and read that last chapter and do the work in there. But that's where we start in The Daring Way is on values. So it's better relationships, more confidence, more happiness, And if you want to jump on the phone with me to see if the Daring Way work is for you, see if the retreat is for you, let's do it. So head on over to yourkickasslife.com slash retreat, fill out the short application. It'll take you about 10 or so minutes, and then let's hop on the phone. It is no pressure. I don't even know how to do those types of calls, so it's just you and I chatting to see if it's a good fit for you, and head on over there, yourkickasslife.com slash retreat, and hopefully we'll get to hop on the phone and chat. All right. Speaking of chatting, let's move into this amazing conversation I had with Lauren Handel Zander. Let me tell you a little bit about her. For those of you that don't know who she is, Lauren Handel Zander is a life coach, university lecturer, public speaker, and the co-founder and chairwoman of Handel Group, an international corporate consulting and private coaching company based in New York City. Lauren is also the author of Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life, a no-nonsense practical manual that helps readers figure out not just what they want out of life, but how to actually get there. She has spent over 20 years coaching thousands of private clients. She has fixed corporate business relationships, mediated contract negotiations, reconciled marriages, and helped resolve complex family issues. So without further ado, here is Lauren. Lauren, thank you. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. 
Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. It is. I know. We just got done discussing the permission to use foul language. So you can tell it's going to be a fun episode. I deserve it. I I deserve it. You do. You do. We all do. do. We all do. I I love, you know, I'm always really curious, especially the people that I haven't met in real life and don't know, you know, their entire life history. I'm always very curious about people in personal development and how they got started. Some people had like, you know, this dramatic fall on your face moment. Some people were just born evolved. So can you tell us a little bit about you and, and more specifically, what was your path to get to where you are now in terms of building the business and just who you are? Mm, very good question. Okay. So I would say that, you know, I've been in the business now for 20 years. And um, so, and then I really do feel like one of the pioneers in the life coaching in, executive in this coaching business. industry. Yeah, you are one of the OGs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was there, right? And my joke is um, I love 90s hip hop you know, that really took off and started it. And I compare my, I compare myself to Q-tip who most people don't know. Right. But, but anyone who's in the business really thanks him. Right. Like knows. I I don't, I I admittedly do not know this joke. You have to fill me in. Exactly. It's urban music, right? Rap music, like urban music that eventually was Big E and Tupac, like really changed urban music and legends. Oh, okay. So you're using it as an analogy. Gotcha. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And so, and then you go, well, everybody knows Tupac and Big E, but who do they know? (laughs) And then I like think I'm in the crew, like, pre-biggie, right? Okay, okay. Right, like uh, just a little pre, right? And so that, but that that only works for a few people who understand what I just said. So don't worry about that. (laughs) I will skip the rest of that. But for those of you who got me, got me. Um, And in regards to what happened that brought me to my career, um, I was an environmental studies major. I was, I had a, I got a BS from, you know, from George Washington University and I loved the cause. I had no idea what the work would be, okay. but I loved, you know, save the trees. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I got the first big job I ever got. I mean, I was so proud. I got a job at the global environment facility at the United Nations. That sounds very fancy. Right? Oh my God. Do I sound sexy or what? <laughs> right. Do I sound like I like first job out of college? I was like, oh my God, I am so cool and important and on my way. And um, literally didn't fall on my face, was bored and offended. Like what? Like, oh my God. It's like literally like thinking you got the right guy. And then being away on vacation and being like, help, mm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like boring, wrong, not sexy, and I don't care. So that happened at 22, like oopsie daisy, mm-hmm. wrong place. And then um, if you followed my trail, it was like save the, it, it used to be save the trees, kill the people. Yeah. Like the people are hurting my trees. And then I I had the revelation when I hated saving the trees in the nicest way I can say that, because, you know, I care about the trees was like, oh, my God, the revelation is, is people don't see the trees. Right. Mm. My it's like the, the world, like I'm going after the wrong, you know, source of the problem. If you really trailed me, I was up in everyone's business. Like I wanted to know what your relationship with your mother, your father, why you were sleeping with that guy. What, like, oh my God, why are you making any of the choices you're making? So it was really what I was naturally into. I just didn't know I would make it a career. 
And that's when I was like, okay, it's a career. Now what? And so 22 to 28, I went to work at the only company that I thought did it. Right. And I was, and, and then if you go, well, what happened when you were there? It's like, my joke is nobody get offended. I, hopefully you won't ask me the name. I ran away screaming from that place. <laughs> right. I ran away screaming. Um, and that I would rather save one person at a time and learn what I needed to learn to really make real change versus some kind of fake. Everybody thinks they're changing, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And so then I went deep into an individual and started developing my own work when I was 28. And now I'm 48. And it worked great. Right. Yeah. So I cared. Right. And then I could eventually, you know, I would never lead a seminar larger than to 20 people. Like I really make a people do the work yeah. and then how, you know, and, and there's a lot of work to be done. So you're in love with yourself, your life and how you design your life. Wow. I love that. I, 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 lo- I just, I just love people's stories first and foremost. And I had a similar experience. I really? went to fashion merchandising school because I did not know what I wanted to do when I grew up as most teenagers. Well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of teenagers don't. And I was an assistant buyer for a major chain of surf shops on the West Coast. If you were around in the 90s, you would know who they are. They filed chapter 11 not that long ago, so I don't want to say who they are. And it was, I beat out like five different interns. It was, um, I got this job and it was kind of the job that everybody wanted. I sort of half joke, you know that movie, The Devil Wears Prada? Yeah. It was that except in the surf industry and I hated it. And everyone thought I was crazy for quitting and I was crying every morning going to work, but it was, you know, it was a very sexy title. I got Mm. to go to all these trade shows with all these cute surfer boys and, Mm. um, it was hell. The good, the good news though, and I'm sure I, you know, there were a lot of revelations. It sounds like with, with what happened to you and Mm -hmm. really put you on the path that you are. But for me, I really learned a, I learned how a company works Um, It was a smaller company. It was privately owned, but still I learned how a company works. And I saw how this one man had, he started with like, it was almost like lemonade stand style and created this huge company of 40 plus retail stores. And I also learned how to not treat people in a work environment. And right. (laughs) that, that the way that you treat people and the, the culture that you create in a company creates your success or it doesn't. So that was a huge, huge learning thing. Yes. Lots of personal development. (laughs) And I was also 22. And I, okay. So you started creating tools. It sounds like, you know, in your late twenties and have been over the last couple of decades and you have one called personal integrity. So can you explain this concept and how you use it to help your clients achieve their goals? Yes. I love explaining personal integrity. So, and first of all, the, one of my funniest jokes is in 2006, I was able to trademark personal integrity. Nobody wanted it in America, right? It like, ha, ha, ha. Like for the, the world that buys everything and then owns everything and then trademarks everything. Do you still have the trademark on it, I'm assuming? Of course. Okay. I, and like I, how many I, oh. cease and desist letters do, do your lawyers have to send out every year over that? I don't, I really don't do any. It's just, I, trust me, still nobody wants it. Okay. I thought they, I thought you meant like now all of the life coaches in all the world of. Uh, no one's bought, no one's trying to teach personal integrity, okay. like an ability to make and keep promises to yourself. <laughs> right. All right uh, so it, go it's, ahead. It's, anyway, it's my joke, but, but I could send a cease and desist letter if I wanted. And I'm not really checking. It's not my, it's not my shtick, right? Yeah. I don't care about it. I want everybody to grow. It's really, it's really okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So personal integrity 
is when, so, you know, I separate people out to having a head, a heart, and a hoo-ha. When hoo-ha isn't about sex or sexuality or love, it's about you won't, you're thinking you're cool, right? Like whatever's cool to you and that it's like, oh my God, do you know who I sat next to? Not being a star fucker, but being like, it was the guy who started X, uh-huh. right? Whatever is hot for you. So if you start to take the case that you have to know yourself, you have to know what you want to promise, you have to know what you're chasing in your life, and you've done all that work, right? There's a whole lot of work to do before you can deal with what is having personal integrity. But personal integrity is your ability to keep a promise with yourself that's measurable and really like something you committed to that other people know about. Mm -hmm. And it's your ability to keep a promise with yourself. So if you're going to run 30 minutes, four times a week before 10 a.m., right? Unless you have over 101, yeah, right? And 30 minutes clocked with your favorite music on, and you're going to think about the new business you're building, right? So when you, when you create a promise that aligns with your future, it feels awesome. It could yeah. be hard. It might be a bitch to get out of bed. But so what I teach is the ability to design promises that go with your dreams, go with your heart, go with your hoo-ha, go with your vision for your life that you then keep in a micro sort of way, like day to day. And you literally are fulfilling on your big mission by understanding you have personal integrity. And it's something you either have or you don't have based on like a verb. Did you run today? No, then you don't have personal integrity today. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the other thing that happens with integrity with humans is of course I have it. It has nothing to do with what you did today. But if I go, do you have integrity? You go, yes. And I'm like, did you forgive your husband today? You go, no. And I'm like, sorry, cookie. I'm sorry. It is not something you possess like a tree. Okay. It sounds like it has a lot to do with values, if I am not mistaken, which we talk about a lot in you know personal development, coaching 101, I should say. Correct? Ambition, aspirations, heart, soul, vision, values. Uh, are in, like, wouldn't be what I was aiming for. Okay. Because the way I talk about values, it's like the things that are important to you, the things that are important about the way you live your life. So when you mentioned that example about the way, the way I would direct that, you know, kind of connect the dots is if, if personal health, if physical health is important to someone and maybe it is an aspirational value because they haven't been honoring it in their life. And so they commit to, running four times a week for 30 minutes. And, and, and then, you know, the way you describe it, it's like, that's having personal integrity. Does that make sense? So, yes. But I think the person who hasn't run in four years or got divorced five years ago and hasn't gotten laid, mm-hmm. right. Really has serious amounts of like hurt val, like the, the amount that they could posture some cockamamie story that doesn't make sure they're going to get laid because they're taking care of their kids and they're being a good person, but they are eating ice cream every night. I don't trust a human's inner dialogue. So the amount of work I do on an inner dialogue and, and cleaning up the system before I put in personal integrity, like, and I like, I got, I got, I got shit to do before Mm -hmm. I even care about the promises you're going to make. Right. I agree with that. You know, people have areas of their life they're rocking in, and then they have areas of their life they figured out how to live without. Yes. And defend and justify. And make excuses for it, yeah. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so then all of a sudden they'll go, but my values are to be with my children. And oh, I, yeah, I, I work see off- through that in two hot seconds, too. <laughs> so, so. I, I like That's very I noble have, of you. <laughs> I, I I have very I'm very you know no I want no trigger rights where you go you know how do you deal with time yeah. right where you care about this and you can't right like time is spread too thin. Yeah. Oh, I hear you, and I'm I'm super glad to hear you talk about that you you know you don't trust the inner dialogue and that there's work to be done before you start just like haphazardly making commitments because personally I mean not to shit on the life coaching industry. Um, but I, when I, you know, I went through my training and I was like, you know, you get out of, it's like being in customer service school. You're like, woohoo, like ready, you know, to, to, to yeah. make people feel better. And then I kind of felt like, well, if I'm just like helping people achieve their goals, that's like putting a bandaid over something that really needs to be addressed over here. Like there, there's a reason that you have been making excuses for this for the last 20 years. Yeah. And let's talk yeah. about that. First. Yeah. I won't, I don't give people that option. Yeah. Right. I am not going to help you with your career while you're, while you haven't had sex with your wife and you won't talk to her and you have three drinks at night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. You're fired. Oh, yeah. we didn't start yet. Okay. Okay. Well, what do you think? I have kind of like, a, I have a secondary question to the question I just asked, because what are your thoughts on when someone says, you know, perhaps you've, you've done, maybe you can just kind of give an example or a, a hypothetical or real life. You're working with someone and you've kind of worked through all of the quote unquote stuff and they, then they start to make their commitments. Like, okay, I'm going to do the, you know, I, I, I got all the, the right, I'm just very general example. I got all the right food. I'm going to finally start to eat better. I've cut out the junk. I'm going to start to exercise. And then they just don't do it. Well, I put in consequences, right? So oh, okay. Beautiful. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I didn't finish it. So when I get a promise, if anyone breaks the promise, right? So promises are specific and measurable. I will run before noon, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. If I don't run before noon on that day, right, I will not get to watch Netflix or any kind of screen time at night. Mm-hmm. I don't, or I don't get my drink or I don't get my glass of wine or some, I play takeaway, but not, but takeaway on a vice, like oh, something gotcha. you're used to, something that makes you happy and something you're entitled to. Mm-hmm. And you would be amazed, you know, when, for example, myself, I took on meditating twice a day and I wanted to see what would happen if I did it for six weeks straight, a hundred percent. Okay. Wow. And so it was a very easy promise to make because watch what I need. If I don't meditate in the morning, I don't get my cup of coffee. Ha ha ha. Literally. That means I run downstairs, put on the coffee machine, run back upstairs and meditate. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was the big change in my life. Okay. And then I say, I don't get to watch any screen time or any kind of words with friends or anything I'm into, um, unless I've meditated. Guess who did it twice a day easily. So my, my kind of human, my understanding of human is anything that's difficult for you mess with one of your vices and, and it will work for you. All of a sudden your dark side is working for the good guys. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's how I teach it. And if a person will not pay their consequence, right, 
whether it's a hundred bucks to your mother, it could be 15 minutes on the phone call with someone you don't love talking to for too long. Like it could be the funniest, healthiest, interesting thing you've ever done to yourself. Mm-hmm. If you will not keep that, um, you, the handle method will not work on you. It's very, I am not trying to make people do my method or fit it for everyone as much as I promise it works if you work it. Yeah, I, I think it, it sounds like you can hold yourself accountable. I've actually, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who might make that promise. And then like when it push comes to shove, it's like, well, nobody's watching. So I'm just going to not do oh. the thing. But I think even, I mean, you just have mm. one of your friends help you. I did this oh with God. a girlfriend. <laughs> this is, I have an in the book in explaining how it's done right. I make you have an accountability buddy. We're changing the name. So it's like, uh, what are the drop do dead or die, buddy? Something like that. <laughs> Something I'm so not cool. Um, but the, do or die, do or die. Yeah. Is it do or die? Yes. Okay. So we're, we're changing the name cause I have an accountability buddy versus a drinking buddy. And it's not that fun to say, obviously it's kind of lame, but, um, we're working on the marketing accountability. Yes, mm-hmm. accountability. It's really not that cool, <laughs> but it is the exact same thing. And I do not make a promise without someone holding my promise, no matter what, even, and then one of my favorite places for all you mommies is all you have to do is tell your 10 year old that they get $5 or dessert. If you don't go for your run on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, like you, it is easy Mm -hmm. to use your children. Um, I always have a jerk jar, right? I'm not allowed to scream. I'm Uh not allowed to get, I like, I have any promise. You're like, who do you make it with? I'm like, oh my God, my kids would like keep up. It's like the greatest accountability buddy I've ever had. My kids would be all over that. Especially if they get a cookie. Right? Yeah. My son, especially, <laughs> he, he loves to follow the rules and he, he would definitely do that. And and for those of you listening, the book is Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life. That link will be in the show notes. And yeah, my girlfriend and I did this, gosh, it was a long, it might've been a couple of years ago. I can't even remember what the thing was that we were committing to doing. And if you didn't do the thing, you had to donate $100. And I don't know what your political beliefs are, but it was like you had to donate $100 to Donald Trump's campaign. Or the Westboro Baptist Church, which P.S. They don't take donations. We found out. <laughs> Just so you know, the Donald Trump thing—it literally sounds like the cur- the girl knew my work, right? Because we we have had poor gay people, like the gay guy who absolutely was not sending his money to that person, the or like that organization. Yeah, and it really worked, but it was really like. Do or die. There's just thing, yeah, right? it would be so incredibly painful for you to have to donate to a cause that you that vehemently disagreed with, and yeah, yeah, that's more like for the person who wants to quit cigarettes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Five hundred bucks to something frightening, mm-hmm. and and a love for me, right? Like they're not going to lose me, and they understand that if they don't pay up, I will quit. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Hardcore. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, we're, we're really, we really are willing to sell out our lives for the wrong thing. Yeah. We're really like the, we're really willing to, you know, my joke is we have a PhD in fear mm-hmm. versus a PhD in risk taking and going for it. And, and that's really what we're counteracting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, oh, humans are so interesting. Okay. So speaking of, let's talk about boundaries. Boundaries is a a conversation that I have 
often Um, with my people. um, I have a particular course that I teach in the beginning of each year where we specifically talk about this and it's very rich with conversation. People wanting to have, you know, set boundaries. What does it mean? What does it look like? What do I say? Why do you think people say yes when they mean no? And keep in mind, my audience is primarily women. I I feel like it's gender specific. So first of all, it's totally not. You don't think it's gender specific, Um, like the reasons that women say yes versus the reasons men say no or say yes? No. Okay, explain. No. So there's a general macro gist, right? Like, so in the macro gist of why a person says yes when they mean no, right? That is literally the beginning of two-faced, right? Like Mm -hmm. the persona they need to show on the outside versus what they feel on the inside or is true on the inside, they will not reconcile, right? They do not, they do not reconcile. I don't want, so it's, I want you to love me. I want you to think I'm this person. There's some pretense that is more important than the truth, whether it's an obligation, whether it's your persona. So pre there's some way you want to be perceived Mm -hmm. and it's a lie. Right. It's not real. Like it's all true for you. I don't want them to know. I really think this. I think it's disgusting that maybe I even thought this. I, so whatever the gap is from the truth in that moment, there's some embarrassment, some shame, some it's wrong. Some it, like I, I, I'm not allowed to think that, feel that, want that and an annihilation of the truth. Mm-hmm. And so if you go, how many people have been trained to like, get love, get attention, get kudos, get a cookie, get whatever they're getting without telling the truth. Uh, it's frightening. And it started the minute a kid wanted something their parent didn't want to give them. Like it, uh, are you, it's like started at the, my, I remember figuring out that my, my two-year-old lied and being like, holy shit, it's born in. Yeah. It's not like, (laughs) it's not like you came in this beautiful, innocent with no gaming qualities, right? Like there's no like, oh no, oh no, right? She literally is eating a cookie. I know she has chocolate all over her face. Mm -hmm. She doesn't quite get the concept at all. And I go, did you have another cookie? And she looks me in the eye and says, no, right? Like no problem. (laughs) Oh man. Yes. I remember doing just, that as a kid. Okay. You just asked me about boundaries. That was a question. Like she wanted what she wanted. She didn't want to lose her love for me. She didn't want to get in trouble and not get any more. Co- like the amount of manipulation and a human strategizing tactics and then no real understanding of morality or even what I can see, mm-hmm. right? Was like, bam, right? And it's, it's what has to get integrated, Right. So if you go, how many people that have I met that are CEOs, male, female, like doesn't matter how many of those people don't feel safe telling the truth or don't even want to hear their truth. People can't even tell their husbands for 20 years. Touch me this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, are you, you, do you have any idea how much we don't tell the truth for no good reason? And we can defend it named in keeping other people happy, other people comfortable. But really, there's only one person you're managing, your manipulation. I, uh, please, humans are not good creatures in the <laughs> nicest way I could say that. Oh, my God. You're like, no, I'm mad. <laughs> no, it's like, but, and then you don't get to go, you know, and then you don't get, so if you stick your hand in fire, right, you really learn the lesson and you never do it again. Right. 
because we never really learn like, oh, I said the truth and then I got whacked. So then I had to figure out how to say it so I wouldn't get whacked. Not I'll never say it again. Mm -hmm. So then there's all this manipulation and gaming. But the truth is the only thing that there is worth developing how to say it, how to deal with it, how to know yours. And I have to kill myself to get a person to realize how much they're killing themselves by not telling the truth. Yeah. Okay. Well then how do we, how can we empower ourselves to say no when you really mean no? Well, there's usually a brand, like everyone has their brand of how they lie and why they lie and why they fall for it every time. Nobody's trying to do it to be like the real con. Right. That like there really is the person that's scared if they don't go to every event, they'll really miss something and be sorry. And then someone will get ahead. Right. So they have jealousy issues. They have FOMO. Do you understand? Like they really are like watching too much Instagram. Like they really are a little crazy Mm -hmm. on the whole thing. Right. So when you know you have a bad trait, right, a way you act, a way you don't say no. And you know you don't respect why you have to be at everything. So you really want to go out three nights a week to things because you really do have a baby at home, right? And that, but so then you really are like, okay, three nights a week and it has to meet this criteria and I can't say yes to anything else. And once I put something down, I'm going. Uh-huh. Now you have to deal with real integrity and say no and and really start to confront your compulsive behavior to want to be at everything and want everybody to think you're important versus you really pick what's important to you. Mm -hmm. So now there you could go, now, Lauren, that sounds like a value. And I'm like, yes, you can put in your values and your promises as you make your boundaries connected to your dreams and where you can be totally full of shit. Yeah. But you have to kind of know them all to lay it out brilliantly. Yes. That reminds me of a question, the question of, are the decisions I'm making now and the actions that I'm taking now or the things I'm saying yes to, you could do it that way. Are they in service of the thing that I want over there? You know, are they bridging the gap between where I am now and the place that I want to go? Yeah. I think so many of us, if you asked that question throughout the day, there'd be a lot of things that you do, myself included, that, that aren't in service of that. Yeah. No, it's, it's very much like what qualifies a workout? What qualifies a yes? right? Oh, 30 minutes on any machine where my heart rate's here. And like that, that, that's a workout, Mm -hmm. right? A jump rope, right? Mm -hmm. Is taking a stroll, a workout. No, right. If you're wearing sneak, right. So it's the more you qualify what a yes is and what a no is, the more you don't have to, you know, wonder if what you get to eat when you go into the restaurant. So yeah. Yes. So the more, yeah. So I am brutal about making a person be very clear about yeses and nos. So then that would never let a boundary be like, gray, right? Like, so it's impossible, right? So that's also, and then you can always, and then everybody gets all weird because I then say this next line, which is do it for one month and then change the rules if you're not happy or do it for two weeks, Mm -hmm. right? Like you are gaming for yourself, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not like the the right way, like there's a God out there and you're being judged, right? There's no God out there. There's just test, like there's just one in here. Sorry, guys. Yep. 
Right. Oh gosh. I, okay. Okay. I have so many, now I have so many questions, but I'm going to stay on track, stay on track. I just, stay. I love, I, I, well, I work, I do a lot of like deeper level shame work and, you know, there's, there's some, mm. I, I just, I get really fired up, like talking about just the everyday shit that we do that takes us farther and farther away from the person that we truly, truly want to be and the person that we were meant to be like our f- full potential for the sake of sounding really cliche. Yes. Yes. <laughs> full yes. potential. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about, I know a lot of, um, you know, I wrote a book earlier this year and one of the chapters was around numbing out and isolating. And I find that it's a behavior that so many of us do. So I would love your thoughts on this. How can we help women to develop the awareness to to stop that cycle of the, you know, the yes thing that you were just talking about of overworking, of the overachieving that that eventually leads to numbing out. And for so many people that leads to burnout. Yeah. Wow. So inner dialogue is always looking to potentially, if you're not already compulsively, you know, there's people who are workaholics or people who would never not exercise. Like if you don't have an extreme case of lucky you in that you're just a natural at caring about doing it, right? Like you got it. So that most of us are not, we have one or two areas out of the 12 in life that are like, that takes nothing from me, right? I'm a natural at that. Okay. So, but in an area, you are not a natural. Mm -hmm. You need to understand that you will need to get a brutal sense of humor about what an asshole you are about getting off your ass or getting. So the line I use is an object in motion stays in motion. An object at rest stays at rest. And there's this threshold of a push to get an object that's at rest in motion. Okay. And that's you, right? And at rest, it means what, what do you, you know, you're a jerk. You don't want to, you're blaming your ex-husband. You failed last year at your numbers. You like whatever has put you like hardcore, heavy down, Mm -hmm. right? The push to get you moving again is like pure obnoxious will, right? Like after being pregnant, after having my C-section, what was it like to go back to exercising, eating egg whites and posting how I was going to be strict on my diet and take care of breastfeeding my baby? I wasn't starving. Don't anybody worry. (laughs) Okay. But I wasn't having my bagel for breakfast that I could have while I was pregnant Mm -hmm. because I gave myself that. Right. Do you understand? So it was a bitch. So for any of you that are at rest in an area, having love, making more money, having more fun time, having whatever it is that you're like, I suck. Please understand that you will suck. And that this is like a hurling achievement to get you to not be a jerk in that area. Yeah. Most people like are waiting to be great and it's just not coming. Well, God, wouldn't it be so much easier if we just waited and then there was like a date, you know, it's like taking a ticket at the, you know, at the store, like your numbers being called now you're going to be great. Oh my God. You're going to be so in love with exercising. It's like totally going to just wash over you. Yeah. That patience was great that you had. That's all you needed. Oh my God. You are never going to be jealous of the girl eating the chips with guacamole ever. (laughs) I love chips with guacamole. (laughs) Who doesn't? All right. So in wrapping this conversation up, which I've so loved, let's, this is from what I understand, this is like your secret sauce. And I hear that you think there is an epidemic of lying, which we've kind of talked about already. And that if people really learn to tell the truth, 
they could jumpstart their personal happiness. So can you talk about that for a minute? Wow. So, you know, before I left for, so I, first of all, there's seven different ways humans lie. Right. And most, and truly they're justified. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we really do think we're helping save other people from getting hurt. It's cruel. Like the amount that you have a brand of how you defend why you would never say that to someone or it's nobody's business or secret keeping. So there really is out and out lies. There's withholding information. Nobody asked, how is it there? There's going to the grave with secrets. There's misrepresenting something, which is, oh, yes, I love that book. You didn't really read the whole thing. There's exaggerating. It was the best party. Oh, my God, I had the worst time last night. Or, you know, oh, yeah, I did. You know, I did pretty good last year. No, honey, you made a lot of money last year. Mm -hmm. Right. So so there's all the ways we are not being brutally honest in our life. And then if you go, where's the real you? Is it really hard for an individual to get that the real you only tells the truth? Like there's only one real you. It's the one that knows you, tells the truth, like is not posturing, managing, manipulating, keeping people at bay, you know, needing to be an introvert. Like no one understands that if you've never done your history of lying and you've never cleaned up all your lies, that that would cost you an insane amount with everyone in your life. Right. And so when I, even as simple as I, oh, I love my parents. I'm like, great. Have you ever cleaned up all your lies with your parents? You're like, what lies? You know, when you stole the car, (laughs) when you stole money, when you slept with someone in their bed, when you like, whatever you did, yo. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. they're like, and then you also don't know anything about your parents. Right. Like you, you don't know when your mom lost her virginity. You don't know. Like, so what you will not talk about with someone else from your own life, you will never ask about either. And so what happens is, is there's this wild west of integrity and open honesty that most relationships don't have because they won't go to their dark side. So I make a person write out every lie they can remember through the 12 areas of life and just start to confront the way they lie, their brand of lying, their social grease, their, the way they lie to their best friend, everything like things they pretend are resolved with their husband that are not resolved. You just don't ask for it anymore, right? Like if so there, if I could get a human to get all that, I call it personal pollution sorted out, like, please, you have no idea how much you're identifying yourself a particular way by never cleaning up your lie business. It's literally the pollutants in the water, in the aquifer mm-hmm. that create that, that fuck your subconscious up right? You go, wow, subconscious definitely causes in the universe. It brings me my fears too, not just my dreams. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, you know what polluted your subconscious? I'll tell you very clearly how you lie. Well, it sounds like first and foremost, because I think when people hear the word lying or, you know, or if you tell them like, where are you lying? And you're like, people are like, lying is for bad people. And you you don't even want to admit (laughs) that could be happening. So I'm sure maybe, I mean, I assume that that might be even like the first step is getting people just to be okay with that word in general. And, you know, there's, there's a, the end in sight is, is good. It's the, but you see the political situation we're in, right? Yeah. And no one knows how to face how much lying is crazy. And the ultimate epidemic, like what? Yeah. And we're all like watching the train slowly go. 
And, and, and we, and like the good guys, the bad, like whatever side you're on, there's, there, there is a wild epidemic of what about lying, right? Like what about all of it? Women lying about what had happened to them deal like, oh my God, does lying want to pop like a very big abscess? Yeah. Oh man. Yes. Right. And, just, and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then what I swear to God, everyone has the plague. And I didn't just insult, like, I'm not, I think the dark side and light have to integrate. Yeah. I don't think dark is dark. I think dark is like nighttime, right? (laughs) Like, like humans, (laughs) right? Like, do not be pissy about how you like three drinks or a cookie. I'm not, I, I, we're not, that's funny. That's interesting. Right. We got to uh, deal I with might question that though. Being somebody who's been sober for seven years and I have a decent recovery audience, when we hear somebody like indulging in three drinks on the regular, we're kind of like, um, <laughs> right. you might want to join us over here. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, you, you know, I have a dream that sober becomes like the new vegan the new sexy. <laughs> no, it's like, you know how vegan sounds sexy and really interesting and something people are into? I guess to some people. To some like people, to some yeah. people, but it really, I am, pr- I'm proud of anybody who's vegan mm-hmm. for me. There's still a lot of political stuff with that, with like oh, farm workers okay. and their weight, unfair wages. And yeah, another, okay. another topic for another podcast. Episode. I am not, I am just literally talking about caring about that level of what they put in their body. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Is sexy of them, like cool of them, interesting of them. Like, wow, that's, that's, that's not easy. Not in and this that, culture. No. No, and and really kind of impressive, mm-hmm. like as a being making a big choice. Yeah, I hear that. I feel that way about anyone who's sober. It's definitely. Um, I think it's a. It's even different now in 2018 than it was when I got sober in 2011. Um, my husband's been sober since he was. 20 something his early twenties, he decided it wasn't for him. Not that he identifies as, as having a drinking problem, but just gets really sick when he drinks. And he was telling me, you know, being in his twenties and the nineties, he said it was really difficult. So I, yeah, anybody who decides that, I think it's, it's tricky. It's complicated. I'll just leave it at that. It's complicated. I, I, well, for sure, for sure. And I really, I really have been helping people get sober my entire career. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have very strict rules and I am not a drinker drink. I actually did my 23 and me and found out I'm allergic to alcohol and my husband's allergic to alcohol. Are. I it's, it's the best, like I cannot have a third drink without, you know, getting dizzy and waking up with a hangover in the morning. So I, I am, I'm not a drinker. Yeah. Right? I don't think I was physically allergic to it in that sense, but I, I mean, the stories that my husband would tell me like that he wouldn't even drink that much and the level of sickness he would get, I was mm-hmm. like, that doesn't sound normal. Um, so mm-hmm. I believe it. I believe there's a lot of people out there that are truly, truly allergic to it. And um, yeah, I encourage yeah. everyone who's sober curious, come on over. We say just, and then I, you know, or even be able to try it for six weeks. Like what would happen to your social life? What would happen to your friends? What would happen to what you think, mm-hmm. right? If partying is a big part of your social life or how you connect with people, like it really is a telling sign of how happy you are with or without it. Yes. I right? was given that so, challenge mm-hmm, when I first got yeah, sober and it was not exactly. easy. Yeah, you start to have to wake up to how fun is your real life, right? Without without your social grease. 
Yes. Right. It's, it's right. tricky. I, I yeah. just love this conversation, Lauren. Thank you so much. And how can people, where do you want to send people so they can um, follow you and get more of, of what you're, what you're saying over there? Absolutely. So we are the Handel Group, Handel Group, H-A-N-D-E-L Group, G-R-O-U-P. We have a great newsletter I write. We, we are so committed to writing new material. We have, you know, I care an incredible amount of what you can afford. I actually will not let you sign up for something you can't afford because <laughs> um, I'm very uh, fiscally responsible for an individual being true to themselves, right? And so we have all different price points and lots of free things. Um, so if you care about learning more, there's a lot more than this is just like a tip of an iceberg Yeah. as, as so are you <laughs> when, and you sound like your people are awesome and learning so much from you. It's wonderful. They are, thank what? you for that. They're, they're so great and they're just hungry to learn more. And I say all the time, I tell them ad nauseum that it's not just about consuming the podcasts and reading, you know, skimming the books and highlighting. It's about putting it into practice and, and doing the work and, and, um, so they know that. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and so I would tell a person, if you really want to make this, make a difference, if you're listening to this, for sure, there's some screaming promise that wants integrity, right? Yeah. Like it's already been screaming at you the entire time you're listening and te- text your friend and go, okay, I want to make a promise three times a week. I will. And then fill in the blank. What do you want to do? I'll pay you 10 bucks if I don't keep mine. Yes. Right. What do you want? Like, like, turn this into something that really actually made it worth all your time. I love that. I love throwing out a challenge at the end of a conversation like this. And and again, y'all, the book is Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life. That link will also be in the show notes along with several links uh, sending you back to all of Lauren's great, great um, content, et cetera, et cetera. And thank you so much again for being here. Is there anything last that you want to say to to feel complete? No, I think I did it. You covered it all? Awesome. I did it. I did it. <laughs> well, I always love to thank my listeners for being here. I know how valuable your time is and that you choose to spend it with me and my guests means the world to me. So I will see you all next week. And until then, I will see you all out in cyberspace. <laughs>